and welcome to another episode of Mature Audiences Mayhem. My name is Glenn King and it's my honor to bring you this podcast where we talk about the things that other podcasts either cannot or will not talk about. That is things that are for mature audiences only. Today, a very, 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 very special guest on the podcast. As you know, uh, one of the things we like to cover on the podcast is pro wrestling. And we've had some amazing pro wrestlers on the podcast. Today, we've got one of the best pro wrestlers in the history of the business. His name is Rob Van Dam. I'm sure you know of him. A little background on this. I helped Impact produce some segments for their show while they were in Las Vegas a few weeks ago. And we did Rob Van Dam, some Rob Van Dam promos. And so, you know, the, the greatest promos of all time, I say this as a wrestling fan, not a smark, you know, not a, uh, a wrestling expert, just a guy that kind of watches everyone smile. But the, the greatest promos have always been the ones that, that are shoot promos, that come from the heart. People always talk about the pipe bomb promo. Two minutes into Rob's promo, two seconds into Rob's promo, I realized we were witnessing something special. He was speaking from the heart about RVD and what his impact on this business has been. And that promo went viral, and now people are still talking about it uh, three weeks later or whatever. So I'm so thrilled that Rob was willing to come on the podcast and talk about all these things that he talked about in the promo. And with that, I give you the great... Rob Van Dam. Yes. Thanks, dude. Yeah, um, Katie, Katie has showed me that the hot tub promos get way more views than anything else that Impact is trying to push, you know, with any of their matches, right. championship matches, whatever. Um, and so so that's cool. Most uh, most people are digging it. And uh, the people, uh, some of the stuff, you know, sometimes people say, ugh, nauseating. That's great. You know, I just turned heel. Uh, yes. I'm having fun with it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, though, is that instead of being the, the typical heel that, you know, uses the tried and true methods, you're really just saying stuff that annoys people that's true. Yeah. It's, I, you know, if, if somebody really can't see RVD being a heel, then they really don't know the real me. <laughs> yeah. um, I've always said, and, and I get some pushback when I say this, but I know, like, I always have been. Uh, RVD has been a heel. I mean, come on! I call myself the whole effing show. You're gonna now. You're gonna tell me that I'm I'm a narcissist. Of course I am. I call myself the whole fucking show. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and that was just to taunt the crowd in '96 with ECW. They loved Sabu. He was like a god. And so they would boo me wrestling him. They Sabu, Sabu, and then I would do something cool. 360 leg drop. Boom. I'd say, What's that? Don't you mean this guy? And I'd point my thumbs at myself. I really didn't know I was doing anything that was going to be so unique and, 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 you know, a taunt that would forever be the RVD thumbs. But, um, but that was just me working with the crowd. And, and again, you know, from a hill perspective. So um, it's, it's fun. It's not a new RVD to me. It's just showing like a, a different side, you know. Uh, that noise that you guys hear in the background, the uh, grunting and growling, is uh, Petrie. Petrie the dog comes with RVD here. Yes, and there's some uh, food on the table, so she'll probably be crying and grunting <laughs> through the whole time. But have at it. She needs her air time too. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, getting back to that promo, though, you know, when I first started watching wrestling, and, and you know, I'm a few couple of years older than you, but you came on the scene. And I was like, man, this dude is doing moves that no one's ever done before. That, you know, we're watching him do these gymnastics type things and yeah. martial arts moves and whatever. 
And now, of course, you watch wrestling, and on every show, everybody, they're all doing the things that you were doing 20 years ago. Not only that, but they're they're even doing my thumb. <laughs> like, how's how's anybody gonna think you're not doing my pose? Right. There's at least two guys on NXT that I saw doing my pose, and um, I saw somebody on whatever show we were watching the other day. I I don't know. I don't I don't watch all the different wrestling, and if it wasn't for Katie being at, at a point where she's learning and picking up a lot, then I wouldn't probably watch it all. I do that, you know, try to help her, but but it's still rare. I'm still learning guys' names in my company, and I've been an impact since April. Yeah. The moves and um, and even even the thumbs, they're pointing at and they're, some of them are trying to do it a little different. I'll just do one hand. That'll be that'll be my take on it, you know, or I'll just point at myself and then I'll raise my hand up afterwards or whatever. But um, honestly, I mean, it, I guess it's flattering in, in a way, you know? Okay, but here's my problem with this. Not on your end of this thing, but all right. So every line of work has the same issue if it's been, if the industry's been around for many years. I'm in the adult film industry. Uh, pretty much nothing that I'm doing has ever been. Reinvented. Uh, yeah. People, so ever, people come to me in the past and say, you stole my idea. Mm. And I say, really? Because I've been doing this since 2002. Let's go back. Oh, yeah, here you go, 2006. I did we did the blowjob in the car. <laughs> <laughs> right. We did the pizza guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I didn't invent anything, and nobody since me has invented anything. We're all just kind of going off the same basic things. And, but when I do, uh, when I'm influenced by somebody, I give them credit. I've always been said, yes, you know what, I watched Rodney Moore, I watched uh, Stagliano, I watched all these guys, and I got ideas from them. These guys aren't crediting you is the issue here. They're influenced by you, but they're not coming out in like their interviews and saying, all right, well, yeah, I watched RVD, and that's why I got the idea to point my thumb at myself. Right, right. And, and, you know, I think most of the fans know, but on top of that... You know, if somebody was going to use my name and, and say, um, not obviously, I didn't have hands-on training these guys because I have issues with so much that I see nowadays. And that's, you know, I got the old school fundamentals and wrestling is so different now that I'm one of the old school guys that looks at wrestling like, oh my God, you know, what are they doing to the business? And, and because of that, you know, there's not going to be anybody out there that says, yeah, RVD trained me. Because if there were, then they would be doing it the right way according to my values. Right. And I can explain that real easy because, yeah. okay, so I started, like, I went to wrestling school in December of 89. Back then, you know, people still looked at it like a fight. It was a little, you know, um, questionable. But the number one rule in the business, that the, the original Sheik, he's, he's, he was my mentor, who trained me. And he told me the number one rule is to protect the business. And that's the way that I got brought in. That's why if I get a busted nose or, in a, or, or there's blood in a match or whatever, that's great. That's good for the business. That's what we used to always say. We used to always say, oh, that's good for the business when someone got hurt. Now, it's not about protecting the business at all. It's the opposite. And so even though I can't stop it from evolving and I'm not trying to, I personally have a distaste, a dislike for it uh, because now it's like, fuck protecting the business. Let's show this crowd that thinks that they understand 
how everything is going on. Let's show them what we could do if we didn't have to protect the business, you know? So here, let me, let me put you in a full Nelson and then you wrap your legs around me and then act like you're stuck, you know? Or here, grab my hand. Let me walk from one corner post to the other. Don't, don't try and pull me down or anything, you know? Here, kick, here catch my foot. Right in, we do a backflip. One, two, you ready? I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's some of the stuff some of that stuff I did, you know, years ago, but but if I but I had to make it fit in within the confines of protecting the business, which which means that I did it differently than they're doing it, and I quit doing all the stuff that, that didn't work anyway, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So There's so this a lot is, of finishing moves these days. Oh there. my God, yeah, they kick out of every single finish. When when I used to wrestle in all Japan from '93 to '97, that was a big part of my career, and they we would go on a tour. Uh, it might be 10 days, it might be three weeks, whatever, but the, the very last show would be the big one. It was always at the Tokyo Budokan, which held like 17,000 people. And on that show, everyone turned it up. I was always accused of having like one speed, like I don't take it easy on smaller shows because I still do my shit. I still want to be, I still want to stand out. I want the people to respect me, whatever. But, but um, the guys that were on top, you know, and these were, this was when I was just a kid, you know, 20, 23 years old, you know, and the guys like Masawa and Kawada and Kabashi, um, all these guys, they, uh, they would take it easy on the, on the road. And I understood that. And, you know, me and Sabu and I said, oh, look, he's lazy tonight. You know, yeah. we looked at it from that competitive state of mind, but I understand it. But at the Budokan, when, uh, when we were at the big show, man, they would crank it up like they were uh, 20 year olds. And they were like old Tawe, you know, he's smoking a cigarette. Ooh, take it easy every day. Like he looks like he can barely move. And then boom, at the Budokan, he's taking a choke slam from the apron to the floor. Bam, everything that they did. I was like, whoa, I didn't even know they could do that every time at the Budokan. Now, every single show, every match, it seems like tries to emulate that um, that specialness that isn't so special anymore. So to uh, to entertain the smarks, some of the some of the matches are let's kick out of each other's finishes fourteen times. Right, right, right. Yeah, and and I'm not a fan of that. I mean, it's really if it's really special and it means a lot and it's a big build up and like holy shit, you guys had a man that was a fucking outstanding match, best match I've ever seen. To get that kind of match, then sometimes you do have to do this. The kickouts, the the false finishes, you know, because it's always about to getting, tell a story. Yeah, you're trying to get the fans to not expect what you're giving them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the some, something else that people don't do anymore. Um, but so it's not as special anymore when it's every single match. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not as impressed as a lot of the the fans are with the newer generation. You know, I mean, I got not taking anything from them. I'm just saying I'm not as excited about it. Have you seen Orange Cassidy yet? Uh, I don't think so. I've heard of his name. His gimmick is he's like a slacker and he keeps his hands. Oh in yeah, his no, I did. Yeah, yeah, he, totally. I, I wasn't sure the yeah. first time I saw it if the the traditional wrestling guys like you were just going to be so pissed at this guy making a mockery <laughs> of the business. But on the other hand, it kind of grows on you after a while when you, when you watch him. But I think it is a mockery of the business what he does. Yeah, and and the business really is silly. I mean, wrestling is silly. I mean, if you go back to when I grew up watching it. Uncle Elmer's in there carrying a pig, you know, and square dancing with Billy Jim and, <laughs> you know, John Garrett Dog. They were cartoons. Yeah, back they in, were totally cartoons. And they were aimed for yeah. kids, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's been a lot of changes, and you can always, 
you can always compare things, you know, like I, like I talk about how you can tell people are working together and they're not worried about protecting it. Someone could say, yeah, but you used to throw a chair and someone would catch it and you jump up and kick it. True. But, um, whatever, if you don't catch the chair, I'm going to kick you in the face anyway. You might as well hold the chair as a shield. I would, you know I mean? It, it makes more sense than some of the, you know, I hate the Canadian destroyer. Do you know that move? No. It's just one of the moves where I can't tell who's giving the move to who. Oh, yes. I hate moves like that. Yeah. Right? yeah and, yeah. of course, the crowd goes nuts and they pop, so that's what they do it for. They just do it all for if the If the pops. announcer wasn't there to tell you that, oh, I can't believe he pulled that right. thing, you wouldn't know which of the two guys just did a move. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. L let me ask you this about wrestling. I've had this discussion with every wrestling person that's been on the show. The thing that I think wrestling has lost from the days that um, the heyday, let's call it, is the lack of real heels that we fans just hate and want to see them get beaten up. All the heels want to be cool and, and cheered, sort of, and, and so on. And so, I mean, it's just, it's just storytelling. No matter what form of entertainment you're in, you want people to be like, oh, yeah. I freaking hate this guy. I want to see somebody kick his ass. Right. No, that is that is totally missing. And um, the way the business is now, I don't know if that'll come back. You know, like usually if somebody really hates somebody, usually it's because they're, they think they're a piece of shit and can't work, you know. Right. Um, but I don't know. Someone like Brock, he has legitimate heat. Like people get <laughs> seriously pissed at Brock because... He gets paid so much to work so little, and it irks people. That's the kind of heat you're talking about, where people are like, God, I wish someone just kick his ass. And that, that used to be the goal. Now, now me, like, you know, I as a heel, I got to admit, you know, like when, when people get behind me on, on Instagram or whatever, and they just say, dude, no, what, no matter what, you're the GOAT. You've always been the best, and I'll follow you no matter what. I got to admit, like, I don't turn those people away. Someone like Bubba Dudley... He's he's more of a legitimate heel. I, I aspire to be as good of a heel as Bubba Dudley. Yeah. One time on Twitter, he um, he retweeted something where someone gave him some compliments. Bubba, man, you're the best. Uh, you know, you're the best. You're, you're one of my favorites, dude. I you know, no matter what anyone says, I always I'll always be behind you. He wrote blocked. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's good shit. But it is. I mean, everything has to change. You know what I mean? I got pulled up sheik, your Twitter. The sheik who trained me. The original Sheik, not the Iron Sheik. He was a top box office attraction in the 50s and 60s. He had more heat than anybody. Yeah. And and that was in the day of kayfabe. Do you know what that means? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, you're protecting it. And All right, I'm going to interrupt my own podcast here because I want to explain kayfabe real quick. Uh, it seems like every time we do a wrestling podcast, we toss the, the term around kayfabe and never really explain it. But what it basically means is staying in character. When uh, back in the day, wrestlers used to always stay in character. In fact, Rob talks about here in the podcast about how if he was driving to the event with other wrestlers, he would have to get dropped off a, a few blocks away so that he could enter uh, on his own and not be seen with the bad guys if he was a good guy. So that's what kayfabe is. The wrestlers back in the day would protect the business and they would actually say to each other in the dressing room when somebody was coming that wasn't in the business, kayfabe, kayfabe, meaning stay in character. And yeah, there is no more kayfabe go. whatsoever. And so, you know, I used to, uh, well, anyway, the Sheik, he got, he started riots and he was kicked out of cities and stuff, you know, and he never spoke English in front of people. So nobody thought that he, that he really could. And that was commitment and that was protecting the business. And I'm not saying everybody now should go back to that because they would seem like idiots, uh, maybe, but 
Um, but that's just one of the changes. And it's not only outside of the ring, but it's, it's during the match. And that bothers me. I think during the match that it should be protecting the business, honestly. Um, right. Yeah. Um, and not gonna... just doing a spot and then turning the crowd for the cheers for the big move that you just made. And, and, the, and the reality is that right now, like, who in the business is a pure heel? Bubba Dudley, which, by the way, I saw him. I went to ROH at the last minute a few weeks ago here in Vegas. And he walked in and destroyed some people. And he yeah. didn't make any eye contact with anybody in the audience. He didn't smile at anybody. He yeah. came in there and destroyed people and then got out of there. Yeah. And and he's, he's good. And, and he really is when he wants to be a dick to the fans. He's been a dick, you know. Like I tell people, you know, I used to say, yeah, Devon's a cool one. Bubba's the asshole, you know. And, and he's not always, but he doesn't mind um, being that guy. And, and it's it's um, conducive to his character. You know what I mean? I was going to say way back in 91 when I was wrestling in uh, USWA, Tennessee, I was the baby face and I would ride in the car from town to town with Sabu, Judge Dredd, um, for a little bit, Chris Candido was with us. Also my friend, um, Dingo. But anyway, I was the only baby face and they would drop me off. Wait, wait, Dingo? Dingo no, no, this guy, D Dingo Nguyen, he, oh, he just okay. he just passed away from cancer. He was my best friend since sixth grade. We did uh, I'm sorry. everything I'm sorry for together. Your yeah, we did everything together. And, and anyway, um, they would drop me off several blocks from the arena and I'd have to walk just so that nobody would see us pulling in. You know, um, if not, I would have to lay down on the floorboard, you know, they'd cover me with blankets and stuff when they're just driving, um, it, you know, to the arena to park because uh, we were taught to protect the business. Just like the way of Omerta for the mafia, you know, the old school, they used to protect their shit. Nowadays, you know, everyone just flips as soon as they get, as soon as they, you know, have a chance to get themselves out of trouble. It's, it's the same thing. It's like, there's a lot of similarities. All right, speaking of being a dick, <laughs> I've got your Twitter in front of me here. And I say that with respect, totally. Because I love what you're doing on Twitter here. But uh, people are, are coming at you, and you're not giving them any, uh, any leeway at all. No, you're no. going back at them here. Sometimes when you meet me in public and I ask, and you ask if I remember <laughs> you, I'll say, dude, but I have no idea who you are. <laughs> Found, heal, RBD. <laughs> Often, I don't understand the meaning of your message, or I will dislike what you're saying, but I'll still click on the heart button and say, on the like button and say, whatever, dude. <laughs> that yes. This is the new RVD that we're talking and about. And then I said, um, another one I said was, um, uh, when I look at you for approval before I go up to the top for the five-star frog splash, I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> just take, just taking, taking everything away from them a little bit, but... Yeah, that's fun. It's it's fun uh, being being a dick, and 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 there's respect comes with it. You know what I mean? People actually that know it's entertainment are entertained by that, and and thereby, you know, um, don't necessarily reject everything you're doing. But then there are some. You know, then I read someone say, "Dude, you know, RVD is my favorite wrestler since I was a little kid. Now I can't stand them." And that's that's something that I, I never wanted to have when I, when we were talking about me turning heel. That was something I was like, ugh. You know, I kind of stand for being cool and positive and everything. And um, and then ultimately it was like, well, fuck it, let's do it. And um, I'm still cool. You know what I mean? Well, that's the, the, the good and the bad, right? Is that yeah. for you to be a heel, you're always going to be a cool heel. You're a cool right. dude, for starters. And yeah. secondly, you got now uh, Katie Forbes either that's managing it. you or that's whatever it. you want to call her, your valet, your wife, uh, all this stuff. Yeah. Right? How, how's anybody not going to like you? 
Jealousy. In a hot tub with, there you go. Jealousy. That's Because when, this is the way that I see it though, like no matter, no matter what, it's almost offensive for anybody to think that I would care about their insult, you know what I mean? And sometimes people just throw an insult because they're hoping to get a response, you know? And sometimes I oh, respond, yeah. they're like... That's all of them, man. Yeah, That's everybody yeah. on Twitter. But they I'm troll just, you, they troll me, they troll here, everyone. Here's why I feel bulletproof, though. Mm -hmm. Look at the top of my head. I have a fucking man bun on. If somebody... <laughs> if somebody now, if somebody wants to say, oh, my God, that man bun looks ridiculous. Hey, guess what? Katie Forbes thinks it's hot. Boom! What are you gonna do? Are you gonna what are you gonna that? do? Exactly. And you know, it's, uh, every I'm like that everywhere in life. Like that's how I became the whole effing show. I was like, dude, I'm the best guy on the whole show, and then I backed it up, and that's how I got my following. And like now, it's like, dude, I've got such a great life. There's so much uh, go. There's so much good that's going on, and it's everything that I manifested. So anybody that wants to try to um, bring me down, good luck. Well, and the things they're trying to bring you down on, and cause believe me, I understand this because I, I work in the gold industry. I live the lifestyle. People come at me constantly with, man, you're a freaking pig that you live this lifestyle of, you know, having sex with 20 year olds or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Exactly. But wow. people have said to me, well, you pay for it because, you know, you produce these videos and then you just, and I'm like, yes, yes, I do. And I, I get to choose. <laughs> whoever I want to have sex with, whenever I want to have sex, on my own terms, whatever. So I'm not uh, ashamed at all. You know, it's we all have our own values. And if everybody understood that, everyone would get along so much better. You have to understand it and you have to respect it. You know what I mean? Like people want you to like what they like. And, yes. it, and that's just so annoying when people just like push their values. Because, you know, being a TV star, that makes me one dimensional to 99% of the people who know RVD. That means they get to fill in all the other blanks, you know what I mean? They could think that I have a family with eight kids at home, or they could think that I drive a truck in the mud, you know, for fun, or they could think I'm a hunter, whatever. None of that is true. And, and that's okay, they don't have to know the real me, but when I expose a little bit of the real me, it might not be consistent with some of their values. So that's that's a risk well, we always I take. I just think it's jealousy. And, and you sure. know, the same thing, like, people are starting to realize these days that these webcam girls, which now is it's everywhere in the country, you know, they're living in Cleveland, Ohio, oh. and all of a sudden, this girl who works four hours a day is driving a, uh, a new Corvette, and then they're like, then they start coming out with, well, that girl's a slut or a whore right, right. or whatever. And it's like, they're kind of just jealous that she's living the life. And I think that's the, the case with your haters right now. They see you with two girls in some of your posts now saying, yeah, these are my wives. Or yeah. they see you in a hot tub with multiple girls with the thumbs pointing at you. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you're a, you're a ratchet you know, sleaze <laughs> bag or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, and hey, yeah. hey, in you know, I mean, in the meantime, they're posting pictures on Instagram of what they're having for dinner. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> what the <Right>. fuck? <laughs> yeah. How's your life going, buddy? Yeah. That's what I like to say to these guys here. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. All right, so yeah, I, I want to ask you about Katie Forbes actually first. Like, I got Katie's side of the story here a few weeks ago on the podcast. We are spiritually married. We haven't physically gone through the tradition of being married but which we're, is irrelevant come on i mean dude we're the connection and bond that we have yeah it's, it's so crazy strong i didn't know that that was possible and yeah. and and a lot of outsiders you know like for for everything i do in my life the way that their brain works it would blow their mind to know that their view of the world is so far off 
from the world that I live in, you know. Um, Katie's so awesome. When, as soon as I met her, I didn't know that she, and she, she finally told you this, but she already had her, had her eyes on me uh, before I met her. And so I met her at WrestleCon in Texas yeah. uh, like four years ago, almost four years ago. Right. And, um, and when I, I, you know, I thought she was hot and everything, you know, but I, I didn't realize that um, she'd been really wanting to meet me uh, for a while. And, and then, you know, we, we went out and, and she was, she was, she was very persistent, you know, and like, um, um, being aggressive towards, uh, hey, I'm your girlfriend, you know, like, you're going to Vegas next week? Cool, I'd love to go, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm glad that she did, because, like, we've gotten along, like, so great since the beginning. Um, I was in a long-term marriage. Um, after, like, 15 years or so, we got separated, and then it was, like, 20 years before the divorce was actually final, um, and, and so I went through, like, a period where I just wanted to be single, and, um, and, but I was also like severely depressed. My, you know, this, the divorce to me was a failure. Of course, now I look at it as like, God saved me. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, of yeah, of course now. But at the moment it was like, no, it's a failure. You know, we'll stick it out and I'll be complacent for life. But that happened and my dog died, my dad died. And so I was like really severely depressed for a while, while I was, even while I, while I met Katie, you know, but during this time as a, as a single guy, you know, I had um, my, my values, my priorities, let's put it that way, definitely changed. You know what I mean? I was right. thinking, yeah. I was thinking, well, I need to get out there and, you know, fuck everything. Cause I've been faithful to my wife all along. Um, and I was like, which makes you the only up. wrestler in the entire history of the business. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> and it also makes me the only one with integrity from that perspective. That is true. Yeah. Um, you know, if I, anyway, I'm honest, you know, like I don't, I don't lie. Uh, I might read a script if I'm acting, but I really don't lie. And, uh, and I can't imagine lying to the person you're spending your life with. But so many of the wrestlers that I know, their family at home has no idea who they really are. You know, and their family's out on the road. For me, it's never been like that. I always couldn't wait to get off the road and get back home. Even when, even when things were shitty. Even when I'm by myself at home, I don't prefer being on the road with, with all the guys. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get enough of them and their values. It's a locker room mentality, like a fraternity kind of, like, everyone, you know, like, dude, what are you wearing those shoes for? Who the fuck cares? Are you really going to talk about that like you're in third grade? But that's that's that's, that's a shit boys, right? yeah so katie's so awesome wait though. yeah so i want to yeah. make two points about katie yes. real quick so number one for the for the listeners if you haven't done this yet so go back and you watch those promos they're on youtube for impact of katie and rob in the hot tub with rob sort of turning heel um but what you may not have noticed because you were so engrossed in what rob was saying is the look between katie and rob it's so intense it's so passionate you see the real connection between the two of them cool now in regards to the other podcast that Katie was on, do you know what she said was the moment that she knew it was real with you and her? No. <laughs> what did she say? She said she realized that she was your screensaver on her phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the deal. Yeah. That is what happened on our first date. It was a lunch date. And um, I'm sure I was just drinking one beer after another and spilling my guts out. And she's, she says that she didn't even think I was interested in her. Yeah. 
And then um, I said, hey, look, I got to go do this podcast. You're welcome to come with me. Um, and I can drop you off afterwards. Or if you go with me and you're having fun, then we can go do dinner or something afterwards. Totally up to you. And she says that she was about to say, uh, take me back. And then and then my phone lit up and I had her on the screensaver. So that was the move. Yeah. Make sure you got the right hoe on your phone, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's give that as a lesson. And speaking of lessons, I want to ask Rob about his um, sort of personal spirituality. Uh, uh, not a religious question, but, but just the fact that you're so laid back. But first, I got to tell you about our sponsors of the show. All right, let's talk about Sext Panther. So if you're a regular listener to my show, in addition to all of the great uh, uh, entertainers I've brought you, like pro wrestlers and uh, uh, comedians, etc., I've brought on a lot of uh, adult film stars and webcam artists and, and other adult performers. And if you have enjoyed listening to them and want to get to know any of them a little better, the way you do it is Sext Panther, S-E-X-T, Panther.com. You go there, you get the phone number of your favorite girl, and you just start sending her text. It's that simple. She can text you back. She can send you pictures. She can send you videos. Or she can even talk on the phone with you. What a great way for you to get to know your favorite adult performer up close, personal, and in an intimate way. Many of the performers who have been on the show are on Sex Panther. Uh, Let's see. Christina Rose, Ginger Lynn, Christy Canyon, Kimberly Chi, Courtney Taylor. Uh, Almost everybody that's been on the show is on Sex Panther, including CJ Miles, who was on the show last week. So... Uh, do yourself a favor. Go to sexpanther.com, check it out, and start talking to your favorite adult performer today. And also, if you are an adult performer who listens to the show, so many of you do, and you haven't gotten on Sex Panther yet, are you insane? What are you waiting for? This is the best way for you to build real relationships with your fans instead of just thinking of them as people that pay for your products and services. So whether you're a fan or whether you're a performer, go to sexpanther.com today. All right, let's talk about Blue Chew. Bluechew.com. I use Bluechew.com so I can personally endorse Blue Chew. Blue Chew is the world's first chewable erectile dysfunction pill that contains the same active ingredients as Cialis and Viagra. Being chewable means that it gets in your system a lot faster. It means it hits you a lot faster, which can be crucial. When you are about to have sex and you know you might need an erectile dysfunction pill, you want it to get in your system as fast as possible. It's actually quite delicious. They kind of taste like Pez. Uh, I think they're cherry flavored. It's hard to say exactly, but I absolutely love the pills. Um, It's very easy to get Blue Chew pills. You do not have to go to your doctor. You do not have to go stand in line at a pharmacy. You don't have to go through any of the awkwardness that you usually do when getting erectile dysfunction pills. In this case, all you got to do is go to bluechew.com, B L U E C H E W.com, and you'll just type in a little box on the screen Hey, I've got erectile dysfunction problems. A doctor will review it with you and then write a legal prescription, and then the products will be shipped right to your home in a very discreet package. Let me make this really simple and easy for you. Use my promo code ADULT, A-D-U-L-T, and you can try out Blue Chew for free. Yep, that's what I said, free. You can try out your first shipment of Blue Chew for free. You just pay $5 for shipping and handling. Very easy to do. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful pill. Again, I personally endorse it. So go to BlueChew.com today, right now, and get started with your first shipment of Blue Chew, erectile dysfunction pills. 
All right, one more sponsor to tell you about today, and that is the great Savage Sin Clothing. Savage Sin Clothing can be found at savagesinclothing.com, where it says, At Savage Sin, we take our MMA and XXX lifestyle seriously. Live fast, fight hard, that's our motto. Our clothing serves as a reminder of the badass that's inside all of us. Savage Sin Clothing is where you can find contemporary clothes that can be worn just about anywhere, whether it's to the gym, to the ball, etc., with cool things on the shirts. I personally have trouble picking out clothing, and that is why I love Savage Sin. Uh, just on their website right now, browsing through the catalog, looking in the men's section today. Some cool stuff here. I see, let's see, uh, a shirt that says, Live Fast, Fight Hard. Here's one that says, Ride or Die. Uh, Live Fast, Die Old. That's what I need. <laughs> Live Fast, Die Old. All kinds of things here. They've got shirts. They've got bikinis. They've got tank tops. They've got accessories. It's all here for you, and you can use my promo code, KINGSIN, K-I-N-G-S-I-N. Get a 40% discount plus free shipping on your order. So that's pretty much an offer that you cannot refuse. Go give it a try. Go to SavageSinClothing.com today and get yourself some really awesome clothing. All right, so we're back, and I want to ask Rob about... Just being on the plane of life that he lives, because this is something I've been getting into a lot lately. I actually met a guy through Don Callis and, and the guys at Anthem, who uh, is like a spiritual guy, and he's been teaching me about how to ignore the little voices in my head, you know, like the ones that are like, hey, why hasn't so-and-so called you back yet? Or, you know, what, what did, what's going to happen with when I said this yesterday, like, what, what does she think of this, sure. whatever? You learn to ignore all that, and that's how you become laid back is that you start focusing on the important things in life. Yeah. Like, do you have a philosophy that you can outline for the listeners that maybe they can benefit from? Um, probably so. Um, I, usually when I talk, people tell me that they really got a lot out of it. So when, so I used to think I was protected by like a guardian angel because yeah. things always worked out for me when I was a kid. And then I was turned on to this book, The Celestine Prophecy, which made me, you know that book? Yes. Made me learn a lot about energy and also realized there was a lot of people like me, not just me. And in fact, um, I, it made me think everybody is supposed to be uh, connected or plugged in, as I like to say, to that, that universal energy, if you want to call it God, whatever. Um, for me, I like to just call it the universe and the universe loves me and it loves Katie and things work out. And I build my relationship with the universe by, um, by one, like you said, uh, not, not, not allowing myself to dwell on negative energy. Anytime I'm unplugged, um, I, I can feel it and it's cause I feel bad whether I'm worried or mad or angry or whatever, but, but you, you feel positive, you know, and you feel, you feel love and you plug into that. And plus, you know, um, anything that makes you happy, you know what I mean? If, if porn is your go-to and that's your, your energy shifter, when you're really mad, you need to put porn on and it makes you happy. I mean, that, you know, that can, can be a safe thing. I mean, you know, a lot of people look at, a lot of people look at that right away as if like, no, that's something bad and negative and people are hooked on it, whatever. That's a whole different conversation. Well, you can get addicted to anything. Anything, anything. I don't buy that. Petrie's addicted to these strips. Yes, he is. Um, right. But, but so what I'm saying, whatever it is, if it's bird watching or whatever, there's things that you should, 
you should pay attention to, and this is what I did, I paid attention to things that brought my energy up and things that brought my energy down. And if there were things that brought my energy down, I would stay away from it. It could just be like somebody talking really loud and I could just be like, you know, I just, I'm so aware, I'm telling myself like, wow, that person's really obnoxious and it's lowering my energy and I'll just go somewhere else. And you know, people, people interrupt me sometimes, I'll just stop talking because I don't want to fight with them and have that, that challenge, that contest of energy, you know, and because right. that's what it is. You're trying to steal each other's energy when you when you talk all over each other. And you no, know, what I have to say is more important than what you have to say right now. And, and you know, that's that's one of my pet peeves. But um, the Celts and Prophecy explained all of this in the Nine Insights to Life that I had. It's a fiction book, but based on these real elements, and it follows up with nonfiction study guides, <clears throat> The Secret. Uh, that was a great, yeah, great one. Yeah, um, the four. What is it? The four agreements. The four agreements. That's a good one. I love that one too. Yeah. So I need to go back and reread. Yeah. These they're they're so helpful, and and if you're if you're into it, then it really means a lot more to you than if it's someone that just doesn't give a fuck, you know. Yeah. And like most people don't give a fuck. They don't try to improve themselves. They're, they're miserable. Right. They hate their job. They hate their life. They hate their family. Whatever. Yeah, they're, they're just enjoying their misery. I yeah. Think that's part of the problem. Yeah. You know. These uh, aren't my people. Yeah. One of the things I learned recently is, it's like, so like, all right, so something goes wrong for me and then I spend the next three days replaying it over and over in my mind, trying to figure out what went wrong, what I could have done better, what's going to happen next, blah, 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 blah. And, and then I take drugs to, um, you know, to, to like get to stop thinking about it, like, you know, like weed or Xanax or whatever. And sure. so the, the thing that I realized that somebody said to me was, Right, you're taking the drugs to turn off the voices in your head. For a few hours, you're, um, you're not thinking about these things, and so you're joyous. He goes, but you can learn to do that without the drugs. You can enjoy the drugs still, you know, if you want to, you know, marijuana, I love it as well. But, um, but by, by learning the great mental techniques to be like, oh, okay, I'm dismissing that thought because yeah, I don't need to continue with it. To, and to simplify that, the difference between you and I and Petrie, the uh, Boston Terrier that I got right here, um, she, she can't, I, as far as I know, she can't choose what she's thinking about. Right. We can. You can totally just choose what you want to think about. And if you're thinking about good thoughts, then, then you feel good. And if you think about bad thoughts, then, then you're going to feel bad. So it really is, um, in the simplest terms, um, th that basic, you know, and then, and then you, so you can learn to apply it because... Um, a lot of times we torture ourselves by focusing on, on the bad and that's just because we're, we're trying to get sympathy from ourselves. It's the story we're telling ourselves. Um, when I was really down, DDP uh, helped me with that advice. He said, it's the story that you're telling yourself. And I was like, he's so right because, you know, what's the story I'm telling myself? Oh my God, poor me, I'm so fucked. You know, my dad died, my dog died, I'm all alone here. And it's a boom, boom, boom. And I, that is what I'm telling myself. And he said, change, yeah. the, change the story that you're telling yourself and you'll change your life. And, and I thought that was, that was one of the many, many things that helped me out. And, and, you know, it's something that I'll always remember. There you go. You may not be able to change your circumstances, but you can always change your attitude towards the circumstances. You can always change the telling of the story to yourself. I, I go. I take it to an extreme where I think most people would have a really hard time being around me, you know, because like um, plans stress me out. So like I don't make plans, and so like and I, I tell everyone I just go with the flow. Yeah. But you would. There's no. 
I wouldn't even believe me if I didn't know this was true, but like, cause even though I've been wrestling for 30 years and I've been flying so much, like every week for a big part of that, I still almost miss like, like just about every flight, um, when I'm getting to the airport and, and I'm always like, you know, like pushing it like on the way and it's, I don't, I don't plan ahead. And I, and I just think, oh yeah, okay, I'll get ready in a few minutes. And then I don't, I never plan for anything extra, you know, for sitting on the toilet or for traffic to be slow or anything. Yeah, and, yeah. and I know- By that time you gotta run back in the house and get that yeah, item oh, that you forgot. Yeah, and I know it drove my ex nuts, you know, and I, and you know, she was already nuts. Let me make that clear. <laughs> but, but as far as that goes, I mean, I could see where that would be really difficult, but it's just what works for me. I mean, it really does. And Katie's awesome in the way, you know, that we both, just uh, um, feed off of each other in a good way. We both just uh, want to make each other happy. I want to give her the, the best life she could possibly have, you know? So uh, it's a very non-selfish uh, thing that I want as far as like, I love her so much. I want her to go out and to have fun instead of being like, what are you doing going out? You know, I know she, right. she's having a good time and we have like, and there's no distrust or, or, or I mean, any, and like our bond is like so, so incredible that it's like I said before, it's something I've never had before, and it offers absolutely zero room for insecurities. Oh. All right, I want to I want to get into wrestling history a little bit with you here, and then we're going to talk about stem cell stuff because I think that's very important to talk to people about wrestling history though from a non uh, non smart right? They call it the the real smart wrestling people. I'm just a fan that watches. Every once in a while, I don't even watch WWE anymore. I actually now enjoy independent wrestling and the smaller promotions. But um, the WWE area, when you came into WWE, mm -hmm. so I hadn't watched ECW. And so you come in there and you were ECW to me. To, and I think to the fans that were like me, you were the whole fucking show in, in terms of what ECW was. And... So you came in like a house of fire and you were Mr. Monday Night and all that stuff. Do you feel like they misused you at the time or didn't really take advantage of what they had in you? Are, are we talking 2001 or 97? Let's start with 97. So in 97, um, I was completely set up by Paul Heyman and, and, and as were all of us. And we didn't realize it because obviously Paul was getting the exposure of having us on WWF with this invasion. And that's when I, I came on and I wrestled Jeff Hardy when he was really young. And I wrestled, yeah, yeah wrestled Too Cold Scorpio. Um, Paul told us that we're there for a limited time. Mm -hmm. That wasn't true, but I didn't know. So he told us we're just there to get um, exposure for ECW. And so they had me going over some of their guys. And of course I was looking great, you know, cause no one had seen any of these moves. Yeah. After my first match uh, in the dressing room, Owen Hart said, man, I like Rob being here. I watched one match, I got five new moves. <laughs> Which although it was a joke right. then, right. it was a joke yeah. then, but look at everybody now, you know. Right. Now they would have just- they, like they even, planted a seed. They wouldn't even yeah. told me they would have just taken those five moves and <laughs> as they did, but, um, but at the time, you know, I thought, I would, you know, here's what I'm here for, you know, to, to put ECW on the map, you know, give, give us a shot in the arm, some energy. And, and so when they wanted me to start doing things that were more WWE, I was completely confused. Like, hell no, why would I do that? Yeah. You know, it involved, you know, tagging with uh, Jerry Lawler and gets the headbangers. And then, and, and I could see the storyline of me, you know, being buried by the WWE stories instead of, 
the ECW one that I thought I was there for. And, and so in, in Detroit, the, he won, I was wrestling um, Brian Armstrong, Jesse James, and um, they wanted him to go over. And, you know, I went to Paul for advice. Like, Paul, you know, you told me, because you've been telling me all along, you know, when things when things aren't going right, you just let me know and we're out of here. This The first time he was like, they don't want us here. Watch your bags in the back. Everyone hates us being here. It really wasn't like that at all, but that's how Paul had us prepped. Sure. And so I said, us Paul. Us yeah. yeah, totally. So I was like, hey, Paul, you know, they want me to put um, Brian over. You know, what well, would I do that? He goes, do you want to leave? I was like, well, well, if you say the word, if you want to leave, we'll, we'll go, we'll go. I'm like, well, Paul, I'm asking you for advice here. You know what? They, and that's all he kept saying. You know, it's, it, it's, it's on you. Like I said, if you're not comfortable. And so that, so I said, well, fuck it. I guess let's go then. And so then we had to have a meeting with Vince. I never even talked to him before that. Yeah. Um, I'd been there like four or five weeks and had never talked to him and had no idea what plans were and at that meeting that's when I found out Vince was like well of course I plan on you staying here with WWF or I wouldn't have put you on TV and I was like what and I look over at Paul and Paul's just looking the other way talking to Bruce Pritchard you know twiddling his thumbs like you motherfucker he knew he knew that all along what the plan was and he was like he he he, he set us up to fuck ourselves out of a job is what he did he screwed you, is yeah. kind of what you're saying here. Which isn't the first wrestler that's told me a Paul Heyman screwed me story. It usually right. ends with not getting paid also. I, and I might not have wanted to go to WWE anyway, but just the fact that, you know, that, that, that I was um, misinformed and had a total different agenda than I, than I thought I had. But, uh, so that was the first time. When I went back in 2001, I had a reputation for maybe being... Uh, hard to get along with because of what happened in 97. So I had to meet with JR and had to talk to him. He had to approve of me and whatever. So then when I came in, yes, I, I was part of ECW, which I didn't even know until the first day I was there. I thought that I'd sold out. They were going to make me some weird character, you know, um, Rob, 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 Robbie McDonald from, you know, the, the hamburger from McDonald's or some shit. Right. I don't know. The, the, what was the worst one of all time? The Gobbler or something uh, like that? They... I thought, you know, there was nowhere else to, there was nowhere else to work if I wanted to be uh, a professional wrestler on TV in the United States. At yeah. that time, there was everyone else was gone, bought out, closed. And I wanted that. I didn't want to keep wrestling in Japan. I wanted to make a career here. So um, I thought I sold out. And then Tommy Dreamer was there. Tommy, what are you doing? He threw me an ECW shirt. Like, yes, we're representing. Now, instead of burying my past, we're adding depth to it. So I was excited. I loved it. Um, yeah, that was as, cool. As far as misusing me, um, I, I think they misused everybody. I think everyone probably at some time feels like, like they were misused. I felt like it so much that when I... When I see footage from that, I'm like, dude, I beat The Rock? What? I beat Steve Austin? I don't remember that. You know, and I'm, and I'm seeing all these matches, and, and, and it seems like, looking at it, like, well, no wonder the fans got behind me. Maybe they weren't holding me down quite as bad as I felt like they were at the time. Mm -hmm. But it felt like I was, like, drowning in politics. Um, JR and Paul each had one of my arms, and they were, like, playing Stretch Armstrong and Tug of War with me. Because who brought me in? Who brought me in? And it was like they get credit from above or something by the, by who they represent. So all the agents, same thing. They represent different wrestlers. They all get together and try and push the wrestlers they're going to push and why why this guy should be in the main event tonight instead of this guy and why we should put the belt on this. And it's all it, – it's it, I hate the whole political game. And, and so that turned me off very much from it. And, uh, you know, I, I think – 
I think that I also probably gave them some reasons to to not feel super secure standing behind me all the way. Um, like for instance, shortly after I got there, I was doing an angle with Stephanie McMahon. They wanted it to be like a love angle kind of thing. Yeah. And I had the most insecure wife ever, and so I wasn't willing to to, to chance that. Ah. And so I told them, and and then they were like. Uh, you know, they were like, oh, well, you know, it's good that you told us. Otherwise, we wouldn't know. And then the next week, they had it written again. And I thought they were just fucking with me. So I asked uh, Brian, um, the office dude, I said, who do I got to slap to make this stop? You? He's like, no. I said, who wrote this? He said, Bruce. I said, where is he? And he goes, don't slap him. I said, if I find him, I'm going to smack him. And I was. I was going to go up to Bruce and say, hey, pick a hand. Bam. <laughs> I was pissed. Okay. And I thought they were That's fucking with me. And, you know, you go to prison, they say, like, you got to you gotta stand up for yourself the first time someone tries to yeah, fuck with you. Or they'll always fuck with you. Pick that bully in the yard. That's, what, that's how I felt when I was there. So there was that. Wait, wait. You know, did you just break news here? Like, is this, did they give the test the role that they had planned for you originally? Is that what happened? I'm not sure about that. I don't know. It was, Jericho was involved in it. And then there was Saying, oh, okay. They're saying, what if we do this? What if Stephanie has the hots for you and Jericho has the hots for Stephanie and you don't really notice because when Stephanie says, you know, that you're great, you just say, yeah, I am, and shrug and walk away. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, I guess that would work. Yeah. You know, I don't really remember how clean that came out, but it was, there was those things like that. And I smoked weed, you know, like blatantly, uh, reeked like it every day, you know. Um, and when you think about it, of course, this is six, seven years later, yeah. but when they really... When they did put the straps on me, what did I do? I went and fucked up. So, you know, I got pulled over for speeding and had possession of marijuana. I had to drop both titles. Oh, that's what and, I remember. Just yeah. So that's, over. yeah, that's, it was just me and Sabu. Um, everyone knew that we were together. Okay. We're, we've yeah. always been together. Yeah. He's my brother. Yeah. <laughs> he is the only guy in the whole business that that's that close to me. You know, I mean, we had our each other's backs in and out of the ring, like all over the world for... 30 plus years now. Well, not 30 plus. But, he but did isn't six. it funny, though, that what you got busted for is now legal today? Yeah. Not the driving while under the influence part, if there was. But, right. Um, and it's not legal it's in all states. Weed. It's but legal. It's, now yeah, we that, go to just... I got a text on my phone a second ago saying, click here to order weed online. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I've been an advocate since like 98 or so when I first did the High Times Magazine interview because most people didn't know and people they, they didn't know the truth, you know, because they, they, they fed us lies. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can preach on this for a while if you want. In 1970, when Richard Nixon created the Controlled Substance Act, marijuana was temporarily put as a Schedule One, which means the worst Right, Schedule Two is where you find cocaine and meth, but yeah. Schedule One, the worst. Yeah, yeah, and it was right. it was supposed to be temporary by why this uh, report, the Taft report, was supposed to come in and and give the the truth. And when he got the report, it said, "Hey, it's not that bad. You know, there's no proof that, of any of the bullshit that's out there." And and uh, he threw it away. And then he kept sure, it there. Because the alcohol companies didn't want weed to be legal. That, yeah. So people used to say, "Do you think it'll ever be legal?" I said, "I, I know it will be." And so I spent you know a lot of time trying to tell everybody the truth about it, you know what I mean? And, and you're right, people say like, why don't they just realize how much money is gonna be made if we, when we tax it? No, just like you said, who's gonna make the money? Not not the alcohol business, not tobacco, not not fuel, not pharmaceuticals. They're not gonna make money off you, um, you know, not the, not the cotton. Like none of the businesses that marijuana competes with are gonna make money off of marijuana being taxed and they're the reasons that it's illegal. People don't they're really, people don't really, they're the ones that make the rules, yes. Yeah. The one percenters of the world. So, you know, forget about the government making money. 
Yeah, that's Petrie in the background, just to remind you guys. <laughs> a great little dog who, every time he doesn't get fed a chip, he growls at us. <laughs> um, uh, but no, yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous that it, it's been illegal. And the problem here is that in your profession, you basically are slamming your head into the mat, into other people, into all kinds of things constantly. You're, you're, you know, you're doing things the body's not meant to do. And this goes for football players too, and that means all Absolutely. athletes. And yeah. here you have this amazing drug, uh, uh, let's not even call it a drug, let's call it a healing uh, uh, herb. And yet, for whatever reason, the government doesn't want to make it legal, or, and now that it's legal, they're still prohibiting it in many, uh, in many areas where people need it, like the, like the athletes and stuff. But it's just about control, uh, you know, absolutely about control and, and money. And so, you know, what they're doing at the same time that they're prohibiting it is they are gearing up and preparing for it becoming federally legal across the board. Well, which it's is out of the bag now because of, yeah. you, you come back to the taxation. You know, yeah. I mean, anybody, every state now that's legalized it is discovering these wonderful revenues. Yeah. Now it's, it's, it's inevitable. And so but, but, so, so, but the government is buying up, you know, land and getting ready to make all the farms. So as soon as they say, okay, it's legal now, they're going to be the ones making money. Otherwise, they're, they're going to hold out as long as they possibly can. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Which, by the way, since you bring that up, something yeah, we didn't... that's what I want to get to is your CBD stuff. Thank you, because we didn't know about this back in the day. We just thought, oh, pot makes you high, it's bad. That's what we were taught. It's a hallucinogenic and like acid. That's what I was taught in, in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so now we, have, we, we know that while there's like somewhere around 100 different components of the plant, we're actually looking at some of the different, different ones now, the cannabinoids, and uh, CBD is so so popular right now but it's going to be like even more popular next year the year after um it's it's going to keep going up because uh people are accepting it it's the part of the it's part of the plant that's medicinal but doesn't get you high now now we know about that we know about cbg which also helps regenerate dead brain tissue i'm, I'm actually taking that cbg and it's like there's there's still so much more to learn about the plant which which eventually we will but um you know, yeah, just like the football players, wrestlers, uh, you, we get we bang our, bang ourselves up. I've had over 500 concussions myself. I made a documentary on it called Headstrong, but I don't necessarily want to plug because the middleman totally ripped me off, and they still have it up on the platforms, making money off me. So I'm I'm dealing with that right now. But yeah. but but I'm very proud of the way it turned out. And it wasn't supposed to be about a concussion, but I showed up to film with a concussion, and then I, I thought, oh, it'll just go away. We'll go on with the plans, but the, the symptoms stayed. I've never had symptoms last from a concussion more than a day, except for this one on November 12, 2016. It gave me double vision, and, and the vision, even now, my vision's not the same as it was before that. Like, it changed, uh, it changed the, the way my eyes work. Um, but I went through vision therapy, had to get scanned, you know, and I got checked for CTE. I got lucky, no signs of CTE. However, I don't know for sure that won't come back someday. And so many of my friends have killed themselves and the, the road to that seems to be, you know, uh, concussions, depression, suicide. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my friends, and you're probably not surprised, I think this is out there known, there's been so many articles on, uh, on how many wrestlers died young, you know, even just even just this year. Yeah, yeah there's, there's something on YouTube and I can't remember how many it was like in the 20s 
Um, anyway, some of these people were uh, And I was a fan of world-class championship wrestling. Yeah. Eric yeah. They're all gone except yeah. Kevin. Yep. Like yep. Every single, it's not just the Von Eric brothers. It's pretty much everyone in that whole promotion. Yeah. And NFL was talking about, they've been studying, thinking about having a CBD product, you know, to help uh, their players. They were talking about making like a pregame pill, which sounds crazy. But, but anyway, I was just thinking, you know, all this stuff that I'm reading, why can't I gather all these ingredients together, yes. go to some other scientists, some labs, some people that have experience. And so that's what I've done. And uh, next week, actually, I will be, um, what do you call it, dropping, um, introducing, I guess. Debuting, releasing your new product. This is wonderful. Yes, RV, okay. RVD CBD. This is the first, hey. this is the first that I've first that I plugged of it and I, I say next week not knowing when you're going to air this but um there's this a, is going to air a week from today okay so that's the 22nd that's that's my day it's the day all right so if you listen to this podcast <laughs> where do we go because I'm first in line remember I texted yeah. you like a month ago and said yes. when's this product going to be out yes you did where do we go to get this so it's going to be uh premiering at the vape con um cbd oi it's called or something like that it's a it's a vape con that's here in las vegas and at the same time, uh, you know, I hope to have the website and everything synchronized so we can take orders. Um, right. Every which you can have a booth at VapeCon? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to come by there. Um, we'll have some product and, um, and we'll definitely have orderability. And I have, um, I have my people that are work, working with me there. So, you know, it's a, it's a networking kind of thing. And, and I definitely want to grow ASAP. I've got other products in mind, but we're starting out. Um, with um, with my money, so we're starting out small as opposed to, you know, boom, coming out with 15 different products. You know, I don't have, I'm not starting out with CBD ball soap yet, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. good to know that you got that in yeah. the plans. Yeah, but lots of things in the plans. And that's my passion is, you know, um, I don't want to kill myself and, and, and Katie and, you know, like a lot of my friends, uh, put themselves on a rope. I don't want to go out that way. And uh, I also would like to be able to help my peers. So my stuff that I'm starting out with is super strength for guys like us, but then that's, you know, regular people um, should want to take, you know, what the pros are taking. Just like if you want to, you know, if you want to learn to swim and you can be trained by a Navy SEAL, then fucking A. Uh, I want this, uh, uh, you know, I mean, everybody's got examples in, in, uh, in their lives, but my uh, stepfather is like 86 years old or something like that. And he got on a CBD supplement in Texas where they sort of aren't allowed to sell it, but then they aren't prosecuting it. So I guess it's cool. Yeah. Uh, so he gets on this stuff and, and my mom said, all of a sudden he's over there building stuff again in the house. That's you know, awesome. He's walking around now all of a sudden, before he was just sitting in his chair all day. And now That's he's, great. he's b b practically building a new house on top of the other house. Isn't that, isn't that crazy that they want to prohibit that? It, it just boggles my mind that it's such a wonderful product that it seems to have no side effects and yet they don't want to prohibit it. You know, my dog was was uh, paralyzed for a few months or the, earlier this year, and they were, she was supposed to never walk again. Lately, I've been giving her CBD treats that I bought on Amazon, and she's like amazing. She runs and no plays. Kidding. And yeah, no, I mean it's well, awesome. it's got such an amazing effect. So I, I want yeah. in on this, and if you want to meet RVD here, get an autograph, and get to know his new product line, you're gonna go to VapeCon on November 22nd in Las Vegas. We'll fill in. The details on that later and, so, and also by the 22nd uh, my website should be up which is rvdcbd.com 
Oh, okay. RVDCBD.com. All right. Remember, we'll yeah. cover that again at the end. Cool. One last thing I want to ask you about. Um, I think you did a uh, um, evolutionary thing. You went down to South America and you got stem cell treatments. People are giving you shit about this, <laughs> which just goes to show you that no matter what you do, somebody out there is going to take issue with it. But talk to us about how that worked out for you and, and how it could benefit other people. Yeah, the, the issue that a lot of people have is based on ignorance and just, um, you know, lack of knowledge. And that's why there's so much pushback, you know, especially from uh, religious groups. They think that, that the um, stem cells are taken from an aborted fetus or something like that. Like, and, and they're so far off, you know. Yeah. Um, you can look up videos on YouTube, but some of the videos on YouTube tell you that that is how it is done. Because I was looking it up. Yeah. You know, there's as much misinformation as there is, you know, truthful information. And maybe, maybe it was done that way at one time. I don't know. But uh, when when a woman goes through the in vitro fertilization, they take out so many stem cells, but then they only give her like three to find, you know, for it to work. And if it doesn't work, she tries it again, they'll take three more. But there's so many left over uh, from that. And, and that's where stem cells come from. They come from, and they're taken from the umbilical cord. And anyway, a stem cell can become anything in the body. It can become a bone, hair, blood, anything. So they're finding um, miraculous results by um, targeting areas of the body that, that need stem cells and putting them there. Um, there's a company called BioAccelerator, um, or BioAccel, maybe. Maybe it's, I don't know if it's Accelerator or if that's the product. <laughs> BioAccel. Um, and anyway, they are in uh, Medellin in Colombia, South America. And they have been getting a lot of the wrestlers to go down there with, um, uh, with, um, with discounts offered, the, the doctors are donating their time. We get a 50% discount on wow. the cool. on the materials. And, and that's in return for posting it on social media, getting the word out. Because they really want to help a lot of people. And they want to get into our world and help the wrestling companies and MMA guys. And so I, I talked to uh, Ryback because he had just come back from there and he oh cool yeah and, and so he talking to him made me really feel positive about doing it because the great results he got kevin nash got great results um yeah ryback's talking on twitter about wrestling again i think yeah that's yeah that's how he said he thought he was done and then um after getting his shoulder uh um process however you want to say after getting the treatment on his shoulder he said that he that he just felt great and he said that he's done like 11 stem cell treatments in the states and they weren't even comparable to this one down oh, there wow. so yeah. so anyway i went down there at the end of september and um you know i've been working with a lot of broken parts you know i just keep going i'm like a highlander so i've been like <laughs> <laughs> until they cut your head off you yeah wrestle. yeah good. yeah or at least i'll keep walking the earth you know <laughs> and um but this gave me a chance to, you know, take care of some of that. And they called me, you know, out of the blue and asked if I'd be interested. And I, yeah. I don't remember actually even agreeing to do it. But, um, but I guess you. Yeah, but through, but the guy's a great. David Truitt is a great uh, salesman, you know. And uh, and they answered all these questions and told me that I would be a candidate, even though I didn't think I would be, because I said, yeah, like, like this wrist has um, a big gap in the bone where I never got a screw put in there. So there's no blood supply that travels across and I have just dead bone that's rotting in my wrist since uh, 1993. 
and I, and I didn't think that would help that. And yeah. they said, yeah, no, you, we shoot it right in your wrist. And then, um, you know, my back is full of compressed discs, arthritis, uh, and bone spurs. And they said, that's the number one best result we get from stem cells is, is the back, you know? So, uh, so I went down there and they gave me some, um, and I hurt my shoulders, I think in the meantime, or maybe it was before, and I, I didn't get them checked out yet. Turns out that, uh, um, that they're both, I have two rotator cuffs that are torn. And I've been wrestling like this for like four months. It's been very, very painful. <laughs> but you wrestled after you got back, right? Did I wrestled. You on Rhino after? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know exactly when I tore my shoulders, but yeah, so I went down at the end of September. They gave me uh, MRIs on both shoulders, both wrists, my back, my neck, everything. And ended up saying I needed the stem cells in both wrists, both shoulders, my neck and back, an intravenous one that they give you. Um, and then also in your spinal fluid that goes up into your brain. And then uh, Katie and Jennifer talked me into getting facial and hair rejuvenation. So I just had, I got so many. I said, just knock me out and do it all. But. Your face looks good. Oh, thank you. Everybody wants to look like uh, like we're still in our early 40s or whatever. I mean, yeah. You know, it's working I, for you. I really you don't do young. Thank you. I hardly ever, I, I would say never, but Katie sometimes now, I guess, is a factor. But normally I don't do anything cosmetic. I'm just like, uh, you know, I, um, a man's man, you know, to, to an extent to where, <laughs> like, the nicest pants I have have a drawstring in them or, <laughs> you know, like, that's, yeah. that, that's the normal me. Like, I never had to learn how to dress sharp or how to drive the nicest car or, or I, I'm a nonconformist and I've never had to uh, fit in in order for me to be happy with myself. Yeah, know? yeah, sure. I say right. never, but I mean, you know, after fourth grade or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, sure. And I hated that as a kid. I hated that. You, you were in Kmart shoes. And it's like, it's so stupid. But I see in the world now, a lot of people don't ever get away from that. They're still in that, in that mentality. Sad. It is, sad. It yeah. is. It is. And it just makes me realize how much different I am. If it wasn't for social media, I would have no idea how dumb so many of the fans are that, that think that way. They just, you know, they just they feed off negative energy and the way that they think is like, should I, it'd be so easy to tell this person, they'll ask me a question, and then when I answer it, then I'll say, well, come here bitching about that? It's like, should I bother telling them I'm not, they ask me about it? No, it's not even worth, it dumbs me down <laughs> when I when I converse with, with them. But anyway, I got 221 stem cell, million, sorry, 221 million stem cells put into my body. Wow. Yeah, it's now week seven. And um, just the other day, um, I, I, I did a few things to activate them um, that the guy that did it doesn't want me to talk about. But I was getting like, not feeling any results and some people feel it right away. Usually people feel something within the first few weeks. Like a week ago, I was still at zero. And they, and, and, but you're supposed to get it at three months though. Like it says in the book, you'll feel the big changes at three months. And from okay. three, three yeah. to six months is when they're really working the best. But, you know, most people feel something before, and I did not. The other day, after yeah. getting, I got a couple long days of therapy to activate the stem cells, and all of a sudden, there's a noticeable difference. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you really haven't wrestled with the results yet. I, no, I came back. I came back. Um, I mean, I know you wrestled since then. Oh, okay. But you haven't wrestled feeling better no, yet. No, no. And, and, and maybe we're going to get to see a rejuvenated RPC. I hope so. Which is funny because the way they film Impact, you know, with the, um, they kind of, 
pick a city and then they'll do like four shows in four days. Two and days. Then two, yeah, four that's shows in two days. Dude, right? that's my schedule. I work, I work two days a month and back to back and do like a month's worth of TV. It's great. A lot cooler than WWE. Yeah. For the, for the most part. Yeah. For, and but and the I problem do, is yeah. it's like the stuff you're watching on TV can be from a month ago. Right, exactly. That's uh, no, no, no way around that. You're right. Yeah. That's so. why some people think that they're going to have to change as they grow, you know, which, you know, maybe, but I'm sure budget wise and, um, you know, and, and for their plans, it works out so far anyway. They're, they're excited. I have an entire Don Callis interview that I haven't put up yet because twice now since I filmed it, big changes have happened at yeah. Impact. Yeah. So Don's got to get back on the phone with me at least and redo now like the second half of the interview. But People have been um, sleeping on Impact and just talking about AEW, you know, and NXT. and I mean, that's great, whatever, but we know that Impact's got some shit going on. And, I, and I've said since... I've been there since April, and I've said since day one when people ask me, you know, I'm like, they obviously have something because they got me there. Well, yeah, yeah. And I mean that in the business sense, as in I'm not going, I'm doing it for the money. They're paying me, so obviously they're not as bad off as everybody thinks. And well, I don't know. Now they have money. I think yeah. people realize that, um, you know, I can tell you I watch. Uh, I, I don't watch WWE, but I, I watch AEW and Impact are the two shows I watch. I think both of them are fantastic. I think Impact, from a pure entertainment standpoint, is the best show going right now. Cool. I'll say that with all sincerity. Um, because I like wrestling that's entertaining, where they, they pace it in a way that they keep you going for the whole show and that you don't kind of start checking your phone and tuning out as they're doing rest holds and all that kind of stuff. You know, like, they have storylines, they want to have real villains, they're, they're doing a good job of that on Impact, and then, you know, I'm excited to see what you and Katie are going to be doing. Is Katie going to be at ringside with you, or is she going to do it in her own character in mm -hmm. the near future? Probably all of the above. Mm -hmm. You know, she'll start out uh, being, being there to give me um, moral support and, and lots of tongue during my matches. <laughs> <laughs> but what about having her do, because I mentioned to her Missy Hyatt. You remember Missy Hyatt? Sure. Because I, I grew up watching WC, or World Class Championship Wrestling. Missy Hyatt was the ultimate ballet, and she would have a purse full of foreign objects to use in the match. She would <laughs> right. spray uh, her perfume or whatever into the other wrestler's face. And then, like, I, I mean, any plans? I don't want to ruin future uh, storylines here, but... Do you, do you foresee her playing and taking an active role in helping you win matches or just more um, support? I do. And, and the thing is, we're really, hopefully we'll come across as different, mm -hmm. you know, because I've always been different, one of a kind. I don't think that's going to change. And, and the thing is, we're kind of being ourselves, you know what I mean? So it's not like we're, um, it's not like we're acting. And so hopefully that will reflect our, our, our true selves in a way that, that'll stand out. You know, like I got, um, last year, was it last year? I think it was last year we were in the UK and I got into like this, this stupid little tussle, if you want to call it that. But I, I, I had to, I had to knock somebody on their ass in this bar and, um, and the, the bartender comes up and he says, you're cool. We saw the whole thing, man. I said, okay, that's cool. Thanks. He left. I turned around and Katie was wailing on his, on the girlfriend. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> yeah. And the bouncer came back up. You can't be hitting people. I said, I know we're leaving. Have <laughs> a good night. Wait, is this story been made public or no? I don't know. Um, what happened here? It's like, what started the fight? Oh my God. It's, 
I don't think that's interesting enough to tell. So okay. we were, but basically somebody, we went to the bar. We had been there the night before um, and sat at this table. So we went there the next night. All the wrestlers were there. The, the promotion was trying to get us out to promote. And I said, dude, this place is lame that they took us to. Let's go to the one me and Katie went to. And even though I said it's too lame to tell, I'm telling it. But anyway, mm-hmm. basically these two people were at this table, didn't want us there. And they kept saying, you can't be here, you can't be here. And people are kind of taking pictures. And the girl is like um, trying to block the camera and stuff. And I saw so just like, hey, when security tells me to leave, I'll leave. Or when your friends show up. There's only two people near this whole section. And so they were mad. And, and so they, the, the, the dude got a little too close to me to, to mark his boundaries and... And I ended up, you know, pushing him on a, on, a, on a table and fucking all this, everything spilled all over him. I had to throw him down the stairs <laughs> afterwards. And, um, no, honestly, like that happens more often lately than people used to ask me for stories like that. And I'd say, oh, it never happens. But honestly, just like in the last year, I can think of like four or five. Like I, But I'm not drinking right now because of the stem cells. I'm sure that's going to be a factor. You're not even I smoking last time I saw you. Are yeah, you smoking again now? Well, um, um, I, I'm doing like a couple puffs um, here and there, nice. and, you know, just just off of doobie. Doobie lasts me a long time, and I'm trying, um, you know, no, sh- I'm trying to get no sugar. That's why I can't eat these cookies you got out front for uh, me. I mean, just turn the tray. And, <laughs> and no, no caffeine, no caffeine, okay, and it's like move my caffeine drink. The, cl- <laughs> the cleaner my body is, the better <laughs> chance the stem cells have of working. Yeah, um, but it does suck because I do like to drink and I do like to smoke. All right. Uh, I've taken up enough of your time today. Um, Fantastic stuff here. I mean, I think it's just all riveting. Let's give you an opportunity to plug everything one more time here because I know you sell your products on eBay, I think, or Amazon. Yeah, I have an eBay guy. Um, I don't even know. I I have an eBay guy. I think it's the eBay slash Go to his RBD. Twitter and find yeah. stuff here. Yeah, I have a guy that posts. Like, if people can't tell that it's not me posting, then I just think that's on them. Because because I'll talk like I talk. Yeah. And when he posts something, it'll be like, you know, have you have you found yourself losing energy during the day? You need something? <laughs> and, and then people respond to it thinking it's me. And I figure, you know, maybe I should have him write something. But whatever. He's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Plugging. Dude. Um, on the 19th, which uh, obviously before this comes out, uh, uh, a movie that I did a while ago comes out called Second Chance for Christmas. That comes out on the 19th. And on the 26th, the movie that I told you I've been ripped off for, Headstrong, will be um, dropping on DVD. Here, Petrie, take this. You're interrupting your dad's promo. DVD on the, uh, 20, on the 26th. Right, so wait, the 19th, this is a mainstream movie that you did? It's, you played a role or a character? Or, yeah, of uh, course. Who's, who's the lead character or lead um, actor? It's, you know, it's like a Scrooge. It's basically like Scrooge okay. modernized. And this you is going to be on, couple, like, where did they see it? On Netflix? Or, um, uh, um, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Sorry, I don't, uh, I don't know how this stuff works anymore. I used yeah. to be on that side of the industry. Long Probably time. one of the streaming platforms. Though, you okay, not, so you guys find this movie. Netflix. What's it called again? Um, Second Chance for Christmas. Second Chance for Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Then, so that's the 19th. Yeah, the 20... 20- Second, I'll be at the Vape Con in Vape Las Con. Vegas. Yep. 23rd, I got to wrestle in Puerto Rico. It's a two-day con. I won't be there the second day. Awesome. And Katie, too, will be with me in uh, Puerto Rico. Okay. And then on the 26th, um, Headstrong comes out on DVD. And I don't know where that's going to be either yet. I just know that it's that it'll be uh, released on the 26th. And yeah, yeah. and Rob will be getting a piece of it. So you guys, I don't know. Maybe you don't. Yeah, no, the DVD I will. Oh, you will? Okay. Yes, well, there the, you go. the DVD's Get outside. Get the DVD. Of, just yeah. don't. 
you know, go watch it streaming. Yeah, and if you want to watch it streaming and you watch it on um, Fight TV, then uh, then then I do get a, oh, a small piece. So anyway, yeah, um, Amazon and iTunes and Google Play and Vudu. I had it on there since February, and so far I've made um, zero cents off that because Distriber is going bankrupt and rip, they ripped off all the independent movie makers. So we're we're in the process of trying to you know trying to move forward with that. But um, that's what that's what the rest of my November. I've been so crazy busy lately. Like from so South Africa, came home for like two days. Went to New Orleans, came home for like one day. Did you wrestle in New, New Orleans or no? Um, no, I was just I was just wrestling. Yeah, okay. and I was just booked there to sign up. So you do actually still take independent dates here and there, obviously. Uh, Once in a while, and it's always it's always about whether somebody can afford my fee. I don't I don't negotiate because there's a certain amount. And it's like, dude, I don't want to wrestle. I'd much rather stay home. Yeah. But for this amount, then it's worth it. You know, you try to for less. No, it's not worth it. You know, get get someone else. And yes, I know you can get three other someone else's for my price. But you called me, motherfucker. <laughs> but you will be wrestling in Vegas again. I think in January, maybe. I think it's February. I think it's February. It's February? It's, yeah, okay. and it's three days in a row that they're doing on TV this time. So awesome. Yeah. So yeah, you know what? I went to an event recently. It was a, it was an independent show. Not to name any names, but um, I was so amazed that all the characters on the undercard put on this incredible show. But then the main event was actually pretty pretty um, disappointing in some ways. Well, to that, disappointing. but to that, I got to say, like, you never know how anybody's feeling. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's, I, that's always been something I've, I've tried to explain to people. Like if you're, I may have 30 matches when I was in WWE, I may have 30 matches between now and, 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 and next month, but you, you're buying your tickets for me to come to your town next month. You're expecting to see the Rob Van Dam that, that you're expecting to see, you know, even though I might have a, a sprained ankle and both knees hurt and maybe I'm sick, whatever, that's not, that's not for you, the fan, to worry about. That's for me, the professional, to deliver around that. But there's a lot of, uh, a lot of um, difficulty, or right? let me say it's challenging a lot of times, you know? Yeah. Like, could be tired, maybe I haven't slept in several days, whatever, but the fans will judge you because that's the only time they see. Just like if they meet you and you're a dick for, for your whole life, they're going to think you're a dick, you know? It's like, how many chances do you have to make an impression? But All right, so wrapping things up again, go check out. I'm going to try to put this podcast up on the 21st so that all you guys can go. Remember to check it out on the 22nd. You do want to go meet RVD. Uh, uh, this has been great. I thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, I said to Katie... Uh, I, I, I'm sad that you're not going to be in town because I would have wanted you to be there too. It would have been great to have both of you guys together. But now I realize that, no, I've had her story separately. I've had your story separately. The next oh. time we can get everybody together, we'll get you guys in the, the same room playing off each cool. other. So I think that would be cool. Yeah, so there you go, everybody. If now, you have a, a, now you have a story of, uh, of our interviews that you're building. It's going leading towards something, you're starting to get it. There you go, to the RVD Katie Forbes documentary that we <laughs> put together, the podomentary that we'll put together. All right, if you're an RVD fan that's tuning in for the first time to the show because you want to check out RVD, we'd appreciate it if you would hit the if subscribe If you're not button. an RVD fan, what planet are you living on, right? Yeah, do you really consider yourself a wrestling fan if you're not an RVD fan? Because what aspect of wrestling are you missing when you watch RVD? It's a oh, whole fucking show. Thanks, Glenn. Sure. <laughs> uh, no, I mean that sincerely. I, for me, you always... do. And, and again, this comes back to the beginning of my Jericho podcast where I talked about all things he brings to the table. But you're similar in that good promos. You do that. 
You do convincing moves. You do amazing moves. You could do anything you want to in the ring. Uh, you can carry a company. These are all the things that make you on the elite level of wrestling that limits, that's the top 1%, basically. So uh, I'm glad to get to say that. Uh, I think uh, we all who are fans owe you a thank you for all you've done over the years. So there you go. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks, dude. Thank you, uh, Rob. Thank you for being a friend. Right. Okay, so again, if you're one of the people that tune in and check out RVD, hit the subscribe button. Give us a five-star review. We thank you very much for listening. This has been Mature Audiences Mayhem.